listening to the Arsenal Therapy Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Therapy Podcast. My name is Farhan, also it's Farhan, it's 96. And joining us this evening is Monty. I was going to say Adam Keys, but Adam Keys is, um, he's been benched. So he's uh, picked up a, a bit of a niggle. We've put him on the bench just for precaution purposes. Mikel, please take some notes. Uh, Monty, great to have you here with us tonight. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Hit me. All right. So first question. Do we have enough good depth? Yeah. Just. Okay. Should Nelson get more game time? Yes. And when on the pitch, should Arteta play to Enketia's strengths? Yeah. Well, playing to Enketia's strengths would mean that he would have to shift his whole um, game plan to, you know, fitting, footing everything around Eddie. Um, we're going to have a good chat about him, but... Um, Champions League group stages are finally over. Um, I don't know about you, but watching that game felt a little bit, um, for me anyway, as I was watching it, it was quite tough to get through because we knew that we weren't playing for anything. They weren't really playing for anything either and wholesale changes. So lots to talk about despite um, a drab 1-1 draw. How are you feeling after that? Feeling? Um, do you know what? I mean... I'm actually quite annoyed a little bit. Um, purely that the youngsters didn't get to play. Um, and we were speaking about that yesterday. I really, really wanted them to start at least, at least rewards because he deserves it. Um, and I'm quite disappointed at Arteta that he didn't give him that moment to get his debut. Um, wouldn't have cared if we lost. Wouldn't have cared. Just wanted to see one of the young boys stick on the shirt, have a debut, Champions League, go on, mate, show us what you're worth. Why, 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 why? Instead, we had to deal with Cedric. But to be fair, Cedric had quite a good first half. But still, nonetheless, um, I was a little bit annoyed. Um, there was some there was some good bits, lots of sloppiness, even from some good players, even like players like Saliba had some sloppiness in, in the game. But maybe is that because they just didn't care? Uh, and then some of the ones who did really well were the ones who were on the fringe, if anything, that are the ones who kind of had some standout moments. Um, but yeah, overall, I was quite annoyed. It was it was, it was was quite a flat game. Um, there were some nice bits to pick out of it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I was just disappointed with Arteta's uh, man, man management there, really. Yeah, I'm kind of sitting on the fence on this whole, um, you know, meltdown over the youngsters not coming on. Like, I, I recognize the importance of making sure that we don't lose. So I know you mentioned um, that you wouldn't, you wouldn't have minded if we had lost. I'd lost. It's vital that we didn't lose only because um, I think it plays such an important psychological impact going into the Brighton game you know, losing two on the bounce. I mean, it's, it's a dead rubber, you know, it's, it's, it's a game that no one really cares about, you know, um, in terms of us fans, we want to watch a good game of football. If we lose, it's fine. It's not the end of the world, but for the club, the coaching staff, Arteta and the 
it's I think I think it has a it has a big impact on them just mentally, you know, going into the Brighton game. And I think we can't really at this period of the season anyway, we can't afford to risk anything like that. Having said that, though, I do recognize the importance of um developing a player at the right stages of their careers. And tonight was the perfect opportunity to elevate some of these individuals into the next um, stage. You know, there's no better opportunity to when we're talking about introducing, introducing players into the first team, giving them their first minutes, you would often tend to maybe look at a Carabao cup game or the, the early rounds of, a, of an FA cup fixture, uh, maybe the last game of the season. Sometimes, this is this sits far above those fixtures in terms of the um, impact that it will have on young individuals and you know the experience, the overall experience. It's experience. Yeah, gutted that we didn't see them even you know in the last five ten minutes um, be brought on. But I think Arteta's thinking behind it was we really can't afford to lose this game. Don't mind a draw. But we can't lose this game because if we do, the pressure um, against Brighton is, you know, it just it goes it goes up a notch unnecessarily as well. So that's that's kind of where I am on it. Um, overall, though, glad to have got that game out of the way, the way to Brighton. Mm -hmm. But also, we're looking ahead to the round of last sixteen, our favorite round um, in the Champions League. So. That'll be fun. We were just talking off air about who we could potentially be um, tied up against. Do you mind just reminding us who our um, victims could be? I know it hasn't been finalized yet because we're recording after the Tuesday um, fixtures. There's obviously, you know, at the mm -hmm. time of recording, we still need to uh, conclude tomorrow's fixtures. But as it's fixtures, um, who are the contenders? Yeah, so guaranteed at the moment, uh, it's Copenhagen. Napoli into um so into Milan um or uh, RB Leipzig um one to note we can add Atletico or Lazio in there just because they're guaranteed to be the top two we just don't know quite know the order yet um I would assume Lazio though uh, but that one's confirmed and obviously we've got the games tomorrow which will finalise uh the the group H group F which is what it could be we either have Shaka Donetsk or Porto. It's going to be one of those. Or you've got mm. the group of death, uh, which can be Milan, it could be Newcastle, it could be PSG. Um, yeah, it could be it could be any of those, really. So yeah, well, good game, good games coming up tomorrow. Who are you looking at? Who are you, any, who are you hoping think Arsenal get? All of those. Uh honestly, I'm gonna be quite bold. I mean, probably round 16. Maybe you want like maybe a bit difficult, but not too too difficult. So I would love to see maybe um, a Lazio, Inter, um, someone like that. I mean, Copenhagen, everyone's sure everyone wants Copenhagen, but I don't want us to duck. Um, all I want, all, all, all I want, as long as we get Bayern Munich in the run, I don't care. I don't care. I want to humble them so bad. But we need to get Bayern Munich. When are the Champions opinion, League anyway. um, round of last 16 games being played? February, I believe it is. Right. Uh, so yeah, we have quite a long, quite a long way off. Um, the one thing that does, um, so, especially in the knockout rains, obviously with Europe, they have a, a quite a long Christmas winter mm. break. Um, so they break out, I think it's like in a week, 
Uh, they like break up sort of like just before Christmas and then they have a break pretty much all throughout the new year. Um, whereas we obviously have the most like just crazy chaotic uh, December month. It's like always the busiest for English football. Um, and then we have that kind of winter break. So, and sometimes it kind of makes us like really tired coming into Zona 16. So fixture uh, management, man management through a congested um Fixture list is going to be key for us to to go further in this competition, definitely because February. I think it's um, it's between the it's, league, it's, it's the, it? the the first February. the first leg is on the thirteenth and the fourteenth, and the second leg is the twenty first and yeah. the twenty second. I think so. I'll just tell you what the February fixture list is looking like, and you can paint a picture of um, what that's going to be like for Arsenal. So for home on the yeah, third, on. Um, we've got West Ham away on the Saturday, the 10th, so the following Saturday. And then sandwiched, before, sandwiched yeah. in between the West Ham game and the Burnley game, so two away legs, will be the first leg of the Champions League round of last 16. After that, we mm-hmm. was, we've got Burnley after that first leg. And then um, sandwiched in between Burnley and Newcastle at home is the second leg. So Oof. it is a bit of a bit of um. That first leg, we need to get a big win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is yeah, that second yeah. leg? Yeah, that second leg, we've got. To, we don't want to have to put everyone up there. Do you know what I mean? See, I was going to say, um, bring on the big dogs. You know, give us the best of the bunch. But having looked at those fixtures, you know, I'm, 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 I'm a bit, you know, tentative now. And I think um, I'll be quite happy if we're given a, a, with all due respect to all the teams in the round of last sixteen, um, a beatable side. So, exciting isn't it yeah, it's definitely. exciting to know that we've made it and that we can now start thinking about who we're going to be playing and we can look at the the roadmap mm-hmm. to the final at Wembley honestly though do you have your sights set on Wembley 100% why wouldn't you I mean I'm going to be like people are going to be like whoa you're deluded blah blah I don't care yes we're in it to win it I, 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 I'll always say it um yeah, I, I I want us to go. I think I think we have the team um, to challenge. Whether we get to the final, I'm not sure, but we should definitely be pushing for a semi. I I definitely because I think that we are better than most of the teams. The only team that genuinely scares me um, out of that, just because of their pedigree, is Real Madrid. Real Madrid in the Champions League is like a is like a dragon. It's it, it it's hard to tame. Um, so let let Man City face Real Madrid. That'll be that'll be lovely. Um, and then anyone else? I, I I'm pretty confident against them. Uh, what about you? Is there any? Is, do you have any sort of bogey team, or are, are you just like bring them on, bring bring on the wall? As they say, I don't know. It's it's weird. It's like the knockout rounds brings a different type of energy, and I don't think it matters who you play. You have to you have to turn up on the night. We could be drawn to. Uh, Copenhagen and still have a really difficult evening. I, I, sometimes I feel like playing the quote unquote the lesser a uh, bit more of a difficult task than playing the bigger sides because the lesser sides you're you're already going into it with a psychological advantage or, or disadvantage. You know, thinking that you have a better squad, you're expected to win that game, and when you're an underdog or when you're going into a game level with, let's say, you know, we're drawn to Inter Milan, it's a huge game. And everyone's going to be up for it. Everyone's going to be making sure that they're playing at optimum levels. Um, regardless, though, it's the round of last 16. So the players, whoever players want to, 
they're going to go into that game and they're going to give it their all because there is a a place um, in the quarterfinals to play for. And then a place in the semis and then a place in the finals. So, you know, it doesn't get any bigger than that. And I guess that is the real magic of the Champions League. And that is what, you know, when when we when we when we were looking at the Champions League in the previous few seasons and we were reminiscing on the times, on the feeling, on, you know, just the whole at, uh, experience of experience, it was the knockout stages. You know, we don't, let's be honest, I don't think many fans really um, care too much for the, the group stages if their club is, you know, expected to, to, to move forward. But this is really where the real magic begins. This is where you, it's the last the time it's going to be like this as well. Yeah, this is the last yeah. time we got this format. Last time that this structure stays like this as well, and then we've got some really weird group, um, yeah, you know, almost like super league type, and no, no more dropping down, form. so no more severe out of nowhere dropping down to Europa and winning it again. Yeah, no more of that. Yeah, so yeah, it's a special season, and I really, really hope that Arsenal do. They do everything to try and maximize their chances mm. of winning. Um, now back to the game. Before we do delve into the game and talk about what happened on the pitch, let's talk about the starting lineup. Much was um, spoken about. We spoke about in the 15 minute show and lots of speculations on webs on three youngsters. One of them would start. It was um, heavily reported that Raw Waters would start. He didn't end up starting. We saw a surprise starter from uh, our one of our very own, um, dare I say it, legendary figures in the <laughs> in the squad makeup um, in Cedric. And Ramsdale got his start, which I think was expected. Um, mm-hmm. But what were your expectations? I mean, you already gave up your expectations on the 15 yeah. minute show. Just remind us briefly. And um, how did you feel? How did you feel line up? Yeah, um, to be to be fair, I mean, what we did uh, our um, our lineup predictions, and I, what I only got two wrong, which was um, I thought well, Waters would come on for Cedric. Uh, I thought Saliba would come off, um, would be off. Maybe Kivior, like Gabriel, would shift over Kivior and then have Zinchenko or or someone on the left. But um, no, overall, I liked it. I liked that Ramsdale got his start. Um, I just wanted to see um I wanted to see Nelson. I wanted to see him get a full start. Uh, I really wanted to see him. Um it's good to see El Nenny. I don't know what it is about El Nenny. Although he's not a baller, I know he's not amazing, but I just I, I don't I just know. He just makes me happy. El Nenny is just a player that makes me happy. Like he's always just smiling. He's a good character and he's just um it's good to have on the team. So it's always good to see him. And he's got like two songs at Arsenal as well, so uh, I'm sure the fans are loving it as well. Um Going into the game, I mean, the, the main thing that disappointed me was the youngsters. Uh, I saw that there was on the bench. And I, was, okay, I was like, okay, all right, maybe uh, we'll probably go 2-0 up and maybe we'll get them on. Never happened, unfortunately. Um, I do think it was a little bit harsh. I, I, I just think Raw Waters genuinely deserved it. Um, but I, I understand why. I understand why. Because uh, it was quite an old, in terms of age, lineup that we had. Um, but all credit to Cedric. He actually had quite a decent first half. Uh, so I can't, and he actually did um, a great pass uh, to Reese Nelson to set up the goal towards the end of the first half. It was a gr- great pass that we haven't seen all season. Ben White doesn't do that pass. Tommy Ashby doesn't do that pass. That was just an experience, knowing where your man is, did the pass, Reese Nelson, Reece Nelson in space, and then he passed off to Nkaya. But we'll go into that. But now, apart from that, I was um, I was optimistic for the game. I thought with the team that had enough experience to win it, um, didn't happen. 
Um, but the bench was stacked. So I, I thought we could potentially, even if we ever go 1-0 down, I thought we could bring them on and it just, it just never happened really. But overall, I liked it. I didn't really have much. I was only two people off. That was all I could say really about the lineup. Cool. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, fairly strong starting lineup. We saw Saliba and Gabriel start together as well. Um, Kivio on the left-hand side, which was expected. Didn't didn't expect to see Havertz on the pitch, um, and was surprised, but in a in a in a good way to see on any Angel Genio. Um, and yeah, front three completely changed. No Martinelli, no Bakayo Saka, no Gabriel Jesus. So this. You could call it our B team. And we're going to spend a lot of this episode um, evaluating this, what we had on the pitch and whether it's good enough um, to carry us through to the end of the season, because this is, this is our depth. You know, we've been speaking about um, whether we have enough players in different positions to rotate, whether we have enough effective players to cause an impact when they're coming off the bench um, I don't think we will sync with groups of players playing together um, this season again. I mean, the first round of the FA Cup is against Liverpool. Huge. I don't know whether Arteta does something as bold as you know play uh, a heavily rotated side like the way he did tonight. But it was a good opportunity for us to see what they can do. So opening 10 minutes... Um, Really keen to get your your thoughts on it. How, how do you think it went? You could definitely see the team weren't clicking. Like we were, and I feel like for the most of the whole half, we never clicked. Um, but that first ten minutes, particularly, I mean, we had we had opportunities, we had moments, um, we definitely had moments, and there were there were sparks, but they, they didn't have the fluidity that we do with, with sort of the A team, quote unquote. Um, that we see where it's the fast fluid fluidity that everyone knows where each other's are. It's no look passing. It's, it's just simply passing around the corners and we didn't really see that. There was a bit of, there's a bit of teething. Um, but what kind of shone through was the experience of sort of say the Cedric's, the Jorginho's, the Onenis to have the awareness, um, to be able to keep the ball and, and, and be able to shift it to where it needs to be, where Arteta would want the players to be. Um, but you could see it. There was, there was, there was kind of weird atmosphere. You could feel it in the in the crowd. Uh, PSV looked sharp. They had some moments as well. I mean, Bakayoko, shout out to him. Um, what a player. Um, he, what what worried me in the first five minutes uh, was definitely Kivior and Trossard. Going forward, it very worries me because that left side was 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 getting exposed over and over and over again by Bakayoko. He had Kivior, heavy-footed, planted, was running past him. Um, and that makes me think maybe Kivior is better suited for that left centre-back backup rather than as a left-back. Because, um, yeah, he was just getting part... It was just getting... People were just going past him too quickly and you can't really have that as a fullback. Centre-back, you need to be solid and it doesn't necessarily matter if people go outside you because you tend to have a fullback there. That's your job is to push them outside. As long as they don't come inside... Then you can you just have to push them outside. So I think it's better suited for that. And Trossard not really coming back in those moments. But we worked did looking a little bit sharp. And in the first sort of ten minutes, the the good that I was seeing, anything that we did well going forward involved Reese Nelson. Um Reese Nelson seems to just sort of have this 
I don't know, he just woke up today and he just wanted to take it on it on board himself. So anything that was pretty much threatening or creative going forward pretty much went through him, uh, which was good to see. Um, and he put in a good account of himself. But that that was, yeah, it, was, it wasn't much to sort of break down within the first 10 minutes, to be honest. It was just a very cagey, wasn't, we, we didn't find rhythm. Um, we were trying to suss them out and ourselves out, I think. They did. It was just, yeah, there was just lacking that fluidity. What about you? Is there anything else you can really add that you think sort of different? No, not really. I mean, it was it was a little bit concerning that we were being opened up, uh, you know, number one, as early as we, we did, but also um, the, the the lack of cohesion, as you mentioned, and just how, yeah, just, just how kind of lackadaisical we were. It always seemed like we were just, half awake half awake and it, you know it, it spread through the fans as well like I was feeling a little bit like you know when is this going to end or um, you know when are we going to get into it it just felt like forever until we started to play but yeah just a, a bit of a chaotic start really mm. chasing and running after the ball um, PSV had a, a like I said had a chance very early it should have been 1-0 up brilliant breakdown the right hand side Kivio unaware of his man um Ramsdale making the save but it was uh had it not been for the um that Saliba put in on yeah. Van Arnholt um and the rebounded shot as well which was blocked by Gabriel it could have been one one nil to PSV very early on and it should have been it should have been so um I was quite surprised to see us you know playing quite a high line and it came because of that high line it allowed them to be able to get in behind and as you mentioned Bakayoko was was brilliant he was on fire um and what didn't help was Elneny and Jorginho as well just not really clicking leaving really large gap really Jorginho mm-hmm. kind of picking up the slack for a lot of what his teammates were not doing around him and so the midfield was was deserted for a long period um of the opening sort of 20 25 minutes so and then and then you know they they had another opportunity and it came from a, a really poor corner from us trossard trying to play it short to inketia he was intercepted way too easily on a break um and again just too casual from us really um luckily luck to kind of clean up uh, but there were bright sparks. There were individuals who were pulling their weight. And as, as much as this was an opportunity for um, us to see what kind of depth we have and um, giving players minutes as well, it was an opportunity for those players to prove themselves, to make a point. Um, for example, Reese Nelson knew going into this game that he needed to put in a 10 out of 10 performance in order to really make a case, make a game time. That's why I asked you the question, do you think we should be giving Nelson more game time? Because I felt like he proved it. Um, just there's a difference between someone doing their role and someone going above and beyond. And everyone will know watching this or listening to this, um, what that means, you know, whether in a work of place, place of work sorry whether in a relationship whether in anything in life you know what it takes to go above and beyond we choose to do it consciously as human beings we make the decision decision to do something or not and Nelson didn't need to go above and beyond he didn't need to 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 track back and help Elneny in midfield or and you know play that kind of supporting act and play that additional kind of number eight for um Jorginho but he did 
He helped the ball move forward, showed a lot of desire to, to, to get involved in the game because he saw that the game wasn't being progressed up the pitch. And so what he did, he, 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 came, he came in deep, collected the ball and the pitches as possible. So that was really, really good to see. And obviously he grew into the game. He was, um, well, he got the assist for the goal, very nicely linked up with um, Cedric. But before we talk about the goal and some other talking points of the game, um, we looked a, a little bit disjointed at the back mm-hmm. with uh, Gabriel and Saliba, two of our most experienced centre-backs. Two of the most experienced centre-backs in the league, I think, at this moment in time. What do you, why did they look a little bit off? Was it the occasion? Was it the fact that they didn't really want to be, you know, playing a dead sort of game that didn't mean anything. Gabriel making a few really terrible mistakes, like miss kicking the ball, I think on two or three different occasions, um, just being really careless. Mm. Saliba as well, just not really being as sharp and as you know turned on as he usually is. What do you think it came down to? I think there's multiple um, factors into it. I mean, one, um, Rice wasn't playing. Rice gives them mm. so much confidence, like in a blanket, because he he just sweeps. He if you make a mistake, he will fill your role in. Um, so I feel like they they felt a little bit maybe a not maybe a bit more pressure, but with the game itself, there was probably a, a they weren't at their optimum. They were probably running at like ninety percent rather than a hundred because it is is a very like high octane sport. And I mean, I'm not saying. Oh, you shouldn't have to be motivated to play for a play in a Champions League game. I'm not saying they weren't motivated. I'm just saying when you give yourself a goal, when you're a competitive person, you need to have a goal. Do you know what I mean? You need to have something to compete for. On this game in general was just quite a dead game. I mean, we were guaranteed to go through and it's quite hard to find anything to compete for. It wasn't like we still had to wait to be first. So maybe took the edge off them a little bit. I think Rice not being there was huge because Jorginho and El Elneny were, were offensively they were a little bit shaky. There were moments, especially in the second half, where Jorginho was getting completely ran past, just straight on a on a on a foot race. He was just getting run past, uh, and they were, and well, when PSV actually scored their goal, it was because he basically that that, that happened. Sleeper made an awful pass to try and track it back. Uh, tackle sorry missed it and then it got passed around him and then they scored um, on top of that I think potentially uh, like Tommy Asu and Ben White not being there on the right side especially for Saliba because um, again that's just it's like a confidence thing it's a case of you know if you make a mistake they're going to cover you uh, whereas with Cedric they haven't played that. I mean I think that's the first time Saliba and Cedric have actually played together in a match um, that's actually the first time they played together, so it's 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 a new it's a new partnership um, for them. So this, he probably felt like he had to. He probably didn't trust in Cedric, so he put more pressure on himself. Whereas it should be natural. You should have confidence in your backline, so you just play better and you you play with less thinking and more doing. Um, Gabriel as well. I think Kivior looked so shaky. So Gabriel was probably taking a bit more, taking a bit of that on. Um, as well, so that makes you nervous, and 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 also Ramsdale being at the back. Um, Ramsdale had a good game, but it when you're a, when you're a centre back, you you have a, a goalkeeper that talks to you. So when you've got a completely different goalkeeper, they're saying different things. You know what I mean? Um, it doesn't matter who they are; they might have the same game plan, but they say different things, and they give you 
that Raya and Ramsau are very different keepers in the way that one of them presses quite high, one of them tracks it down. They're very different. So when you have a, a keeper who's quite high up and, and that gives you a lot of confidence as well in terms of like, if someone gets past me, there's going to be a goalie straight there. Um, so maybe it's, it, I think it's just amalgamation of everything. Um, I'm not too, I'm not too hung up on it. Um, I think they'll, they'll bounce back. I just think it was just, it was just purely the game and, and um, what happened. I fully expect them to be sharp as hell against Brighton. Um, Saliba doing his wonderful stuff that he always does last minute ditch tackles and briskly taking it past attackers and passing it up up the field and then you've got Gabriel just blocking everything so I, I fully expect that I think it was just purely a bit I think it was a bit of everything what we just what I just said really what about you do you have a different angle or mm. no um, I think I think you're right I think I, I mean I didn't think about the um, the impact that Rice has on Gabriel and Saliba and one of the reasons why they look so good this season I mean last season it was Shaka but Shaka was playing in a more advanced role it was actually Partey probably he was sitting just in front of them helping them out to clean up but you're right there was no one really to stand in front of them and to just reassure them I mean Elneny was kind of here there everywhere Jorginho trying his best to keep the keep the game flowing keep the ball keep moving up, I think. Um, and I think one of the yeah, keep up. And I think one of the things that we 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 really struggled with is to get into a decent tempo, which can also be used as a reason yeah. for why they made so many mistakes. Because we 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 weren't we weren't at the races. We we never looked like we wanted to play the game at the same tempo as PSV. Mm-hmm. Our passes were very. They lacked the tempo. They lacked the pace. They lacked the zip. Um, whereas PSV, on the other hand, they were pinging it left, right, center, making some really nice uh, triangles and moving it really well through midfield. Through one occasion where they broke from, it might have been in the second half, broke really nicely from their half. They did like a really nice kind of, um, you know, one touch pass movement straight through our midfield. It was a two on two. Should have scored really, but they didn't. Luckily. Um, I think it might have been Gabriel who got the block. So yeah, we struggled. We struggled a lot in the first opening 20, 25 minutes, but then um, things started to open up a little bit. We started to grow and I think it comes down, I think energy that Nelson bought. Um, I think we started to realize that unless we were, unless we, we, we tried to get the ball into the wide areas by other means, other than playing it on the ground, like long balls, that kind of stuff. We weren't going to be able to break them down. Um, and it's difficult for us to, you know, direct any criticism at the squad because it's the first time they're playing with each other. So it'd be really harsh of us to expect them to be nice, attractive, one-touch football. And no uh, one's been you know, PSV at home this season. Right, exactly. 15 games in the league, 15 wins. No draws. So that shows you everything that you need to... Um, yeah, that shows you everything that you only need one to know. Loss, only one loss, full stop, since I think it was February yeah, this year. Yeah, that's severe, wasn't it? Which was yeah. severe, yeah. And then um, obviously the one one to us, but that was at our ground. The last one I think they had at their ground was um, like oh, August something last year. It was it was ridiculously long ago. I think it was actually yeah. against us again. Because they beat us, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they beat yeah, us. yeah, yeah. They did, yeah. They beat us, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then we beat them so, away. Yeah, 
Yeah. And um, good team. But good team. so you, you, they're they're a good team. And so you know when you putting everything into context, um, I guess you could call that a really good result. And and overall, the performance wasn't as bad as women as. Look, the opening twenty minutes weren't great. weren't great, but no, we grew into it. Not. And you know, when any hit the post um, with a, one of his trademark long range efforts, um, I think they hit the <laughs> post as well with a header, and. You know, the chance was coming eventually. You could see that, you know, we were slowly building for something. Um, Havertz, I want to quickly talk about Havertz before we discuss the goal. Arteta purposefully wanted Havertz to play. He played the full 90. No, did he? No, didn't off. I don't think he did come off. I think he did play the full 90, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, let me just sure double did, check and make sure I'm not think waffling. Came on. He, he, Ben White came did. on not play the full 90 he came off in the 89th minute so almost he almost played the full almost, 90 almost. and I, I I think one of the reasons why Arteta wanted him to play is to capitalise on um, the momentum that he's playing with but also the conference did you notice anything in particular about his game how would you describe his performance I mean to be honest I don't think he played bad it wasn't um it wasn't exactly wasteful. I feel like he wasn't confident in the people around him just because it's a team that haven't really played a lot. Um, it could have gone like both, could have gone one or two ways. He could have carried on his form, bagged the goal, had a, a worldy of a game. But when you when you keep the team, okay, when you keep him in it and change the team around him, it becomes a very different game for him. Do you know what I mean? Like it, the thing, people aren't moving where they were. People aren't passing to him where they were either. And do you know what I mean? It, it becomes different. So he has to sort of adjust. I think he handled it quite well. I think he was he was pretty solid. Didn't have a like a standout. Um I'm still not convinced. And I remember saying this, I'm trying to remember now, a couple of weeks ago on the pod. That Trossard Havertz relationship on the with on the left side doesn't work. I I just didn't really see anything come from it. Um, they seem to just, they seem to take up each other's space. So anyway, they don't really seem to work together and tackle the, the opponent. They tend to sort of get in each other's way. That's the only way I can really explain it. And they're not on the same page. Whereas say when you put like Trossard in the middle and you have maybe Ninketia and then you put like Martinelli on the left, then it's a, there's a bit more fluid because Trossard just moves very differently to Ninkea. They fill up different spaces. Martinelli's just very direct and very good at getting onto the byline. Um, but yeah, they're just, I wasn't too convinced. Um, I think Trossard had quite a bad game actually as well, to be honest. Um, but no, Havertz, mm. in all in all, I thought he was pretty decent. Um, he'll probably, he's, he's definitely going to start against Brighton. Um, I'd, I'd be shocked if he doesn't. Um, putting a decent account for himself. Um, you can't, you can't break him. Yes, he didn't score. He didn't necessarily get too many shots. You know what I mean? He wasn't here, then everywhere. But I, I think it's predominantly because of the people around him were very different. So maybe his confidence was knocked a little bit or he wasn't confident in the way that they play. So he couldn't, wasn't really confident in himself. I'm not too sure. I quite like the energy that he's bringing to the table now. I think in the first few games, there was obviously lack of confidence, but also a lack of initiative. Now I'm beginning to see him making certain decisions for himself, running after a ball or, I mean, he's always, I mean, there's a difference between tracking just for the sake of tracking and just making yourself, 
making yourself available or making sure that the coach knows that you're doing the bare minimum, which is being there. And then there is, you know, being there and doing something about it. So leading the pack. And I'm beginning to see that a little bit with him. Um, his touches are definitely a lot more firmer. Um, you can always tell when a player's confidence with the way that they pass a ball, with the way that they move it, having uh, strides, which is really, really nice to see. And so I'm looking forward to seeing him against Brighton. I never thought I'd say this, but yeah, I think he's he's slowly becoming the player that Arteta um, thinks he, he can make him into. You know, I'm sure when Arteta went to slap that 60 million price tag down, on Ted Bowley's desk, he knew the potential. I don't know, maybe at the time he knew it was going to be a lot of hard work, but the potential was then. We're slowly saying, we're so, yeah. Um, good to see Havertz is still on the up. Um, finally, before the halftime whistle went, Arsenal did get to go. I didn't think that it would come. I thought it would end 0-0 going into the second half, um, looking for an early goal. But thankfully we did get a goal and what a goal to score in the Champions League. What, yeah. what a goal to, to kickstart your Champions League, hopefully long um, campaign in the in the Champions League from Eddie and Ketia. Yeah, no. I've, the thing I loved about it, and I said it a little bit earlier, it was unsurprising. I was shocked. I, I, I was genuinely shocked that it happened and it came out of nothing. And it all came from a beautiful one-two pretty much from Cedric. Um, Reese Anderson got the ball. We saw Cedric make the run. He tapped out, and it was something that we did a lot last season, but we've not, we have not, I've hardly seen it this season. We've hardly seen that, that, that one, two. They tend to, the wingers keep it for too long. Um, and then, and then that player is able to track back and cover the, the inside guy. Pass to Cedric. Cedric on the one just tapped it straight, straight back to Nelson, who then got his head up, passed it across to Ninketia. And Ninketia was so professional, I would say, just for the finish, never looked at the goal knew exactly where it was, took one touch, opened his body, un- threw the goalie, um, the defender's legs, clean, calm. You, you would feel like he's um, he's he's on a massive run of form, scoring loads of goals. That's very professional and he hasn't scored for a while. Um, but I'm pretty sure that that leaves him as our top goal scorer for this whole season in all comps, does it not? I think that puts him on six goals. I couldn't tell you. I'm not sure. I think he is our... I think he's actually our top goal scorer. Either that or he's tied. Um, but yeah, it was very, very professional finish. It was it was good. It was just typical Ninketia. Finds a little bit of space. Um, able to keep keep the move, move quickly, get the ball off quickly. Goldie can't do nothing. Goldie was never going to get to it. Um, it was just about how he finished it and he finished it professionally. And Reese Nelson, man of the match in my opinion, um, just to find him um, so quickly he literally maybe took like two or three touches, passes it straight to him, to the feet as well. A lot of players tend to miss that final pass, and especially of late, we've missed those passes. We haven't really been getting it on them or we've been doing slightly behind them on the run. And that was just straight to his feet, exactly where he needed it. He was able to open up his body, tucked under, 1-0. 1-0 into the half. Couldn't have asked for anything better, really. Considering, like you said, I I, I thought he was going to go 0-0. It was definitely against the grain of play. Um I just didn't see it. I just didn't see it. I know. And it was just so, it was refreshing to see. It was a, it was a refreshing goal to see. And it was the fact that the players weren't doing that well and yet they were still able to do that. Gives me a little bit of encouragement for this quote unquote B team. 
um, that the first time they played with each other, they started to, they played up against a solid team who have won so many games all season, haven't lost at all, bar us away, um, and were able to come warm up into the game and find a goal. So it was, it was, it, there was the, there was positive notes to take from it, definitely. Yeah, what I really enjoyed is the partnership between Cedric and Reese Nelson, which at the beginning of the game was horrible. Mm. Like they didn't know how to find each other. They were misplacing passes. And as the game went on, that relationship slowly started to get stronger. They started to get an understanding of um, where each other wanted to be. And unlike traditionally, traditionally side, for example, if it's Bakaya Saka and Ben White, you're expecting an overlapping run from Ben White and then Saka to kind of um, invert into the box and make himself a threat. This time it was so nicely worked and it gives us a little bit, it gives us a a different option. Um, I mean, I don't know whether Arteta plans to use Cedric again this season or whether maybe he brings someone else in and tries to give those similar instructions, but there was overlapping run from from Cedric. It was very much a case of um, Nelson coming inverted, but almost as a number eight and playing that one two really nicely. You know, there was no need for a winger. There was no need for a player to run down the byline or cross it in from the edge. It was. It gave. It gives us another dimension to our play when we're trying to open up our opposition defenses. We've now got another option, and that goal was a, a goal version of that. Um, you know, finding Reese Nelson, who finds Eddie Nketiah, and unless you have a prolific finisher like that, that move doesn't really do anything. He finds a yard of space between him and the marker and lashes at the ball, um, and it's, it's just perfectly finished. It's a really, really good goal, and like I said, his first Champions League goal, hopefully um, the first of many to come. And so... Um, I think it's time that we move on to the second half. Yes, that sound could only mean one thing. We have now arrived at the halfway point of the show where I'll be taking you into the second part of the show. But before we do that, Monty, can you give us your one word summary of that first half? I either want to say cumbersome or I want to say flat. Cumber flat? <laughs> I feel like it cumber flat. <laughs> That's not poison. Yeah. That it it yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go in actually encumbered. I'm gonna go it just felt like everything was slow. Um it dragged it just dragged. It just it just it dragged on. We got the goal, great, but the whole half, like you said earlier, I was just Anything exciting? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it just felt quite quite well, laboured. The the first half was, as you said, that's because we got the goal, but the start of the second half was horrendous because we conceded a goal, we conceded in the opening 10 minutes. Um, Vitessen scores off the post. It's a really good break from PSV and it's a lovely move down the left-hand side. The midfielder is allowed to travel into the um, halfway point of the pitch and then releasing that pass into Vitessen and yeah, finishes it really, really nicely. Um, so were you quite surprised when they scored or did you feel like, I mean, I don't know about you, but part of me was part of like, okay, hopefully now we can see a game of football because, um, 
during the halftime break, I was I just I just kind of laid down on the sofa, closed my eyes, and I could hear the game kind of being played in the opening first few minutes to second half. I was like, is there any point of me opening my eyes? I feel so relaxed right now. I feel like I just drift away. And then open my eyes a few minutes later, we conceded, and I was like, okay, cool. You know, now we can actually, you know, hopefully, hopefully this goal can kickstart kickstart properly and we will see a real competitive game of football. But how how did you feel seeing that um, goal being scored against us? Yeah. I mean, it it was coming, wasn't it? Um, I'm surprised it didn't come in the first half. It was pure, just lapse of judgment. I think, well, Jorginho got pulled out position and they got behind him um then Saliba trying to trying to track up to it did a just awfully timed tackle and it's very uncharacteristic of Saliba they just danced past him uh it looked way too easy to get past Saliba and then all credit for the shot there was nothing Ramsdale could have done uh it was it's just it's an impossible shot to hit it, it was just well hit on the post there's no goalie in the world that's stopping that. It doesn't matter who you are. Um, that was purely all the defenders and midfielders' fault. Um, it, but I wasn't surprised. I was watching it. I was well, the second I saw Saliba going for that that tackle, I missed it. I went, "This is going to go. It's going to go in." It's, I I just knew. It, I didn't think it was going to be a shot like it was. I thought maybe it's going to do one more pass into the box because there was a man on. But I wasn't. I wasn't surprised. It was. It was coming. It was coming. And like you, I. I. I was expecting after that goal went in. I. I thought we were going to wake up. Um. We saw Arteta get animated. Um. And then we started seeing him look towards the bench and maybe look to bring some people on. Started switching it to sort of first teamers. And even then, when they came on, they weren't able to get into the grip of the game. And I think that's just down to purely like just. I didn't really. I, I want, to, I want to say they don't care, but I think that's, I think that's harsh to say because um, obviously they all care about playing football for, for Arsenal, but they didn't have the same passion for the game as they would say a, a, a Premier League game because every game you have to win or there wasn't like a something on the line from, so we didn't see the best of ourselves because um, I feel like we see the best of ourselves when there is a little bit of pressure under there and uh, we've seen it moments this season when we score right at the end of games, we've been able to do it. Um, and we just didn't really have it. And then after the after the game, they sort of fizzled out. I think the whole game just sort of fizzled out, really, um, which was very surprising. I thought it was going to open up, maybe be a quite high-scoring game from there, but it just never really happened, did it? Mm, no, it didn't. And, you know, we were forced into making a few changes um, on the hour mark, which is uncharacteristic. Un- he rarely ever does make a change that early on. He made, decided to make three um, bought on White, Rice and Odegaard for Elneny, Saliba and Cedric. Um, this was just before Nelson creates a chance for himself down the right-hand side, beats his man, gets into the box and a shot which hits the side netting. What are you expecting when you see those three coming on the pitch? Do you, did you feel like, um, you know, the the tempo of the game would change and we start to um, impose ourselves? Yeah, definitely. When you, when you look at, well, just look at them. Um, of course, do you expect them to come on and, and elevate the game in terms of quality? Because like you said earlier, we never, we never, we just never clicked. We never, we, we had, didn't have to, we were off tempo the whole match. 
we never we weren't up to our standard. And you, you're looking at those players coming on, you're thinking, right, we just see a big influx change here. We didn't. Not in terms of tempo. The only thing we saw was maybe things were neater. Thing like things were being done neater, but done defensively, we were still getting opened up. That left side was still exposed heavily. Um that that Trossard and uh Kivio partnership just wasn't working. Um Rice had to step in and uh, centre back. So um you were seeing it it was it was just very different. It was very odd. Uh, it was uncharacteristic of, of what you'd expect seeing those players come coming on. I was expecting maybe like, like a couple of us like Erdegaard to get come more forward because what you what we normally and we've come accustomed to with Erdegaard is when he comes on as as the captain, he in, basically instructs everyone else around him. He gets the crowd involved. He puts his hands up. He's interacting. He, he's bringing people up. He's while he's running at them. He's telling all his other teammates again. We just didn't really see it. Um, we didn't really see it with Rice either. Like normally when he does a tackle, he's up there like ah, like celebrating each one, and he just said like yeah, it's just another it's just another game. Um, yeah, we didn't really see the impact, did we? No, and especially when Saibari um, hits the post, it was Rice playing in that centre-back role. Interesting to see him play in that centre-back role, but it just doesn't really deal with the pressure. Allows Saibari to keep the ball, progresses into the box. He unleashes a shot, which takes a deflection off him and um, it was either off him or it was off... Um, um, it takes a deflection and then comes off the post. Um, so we were lucky to kind of not be how many times did the post get hit in that game? I think four times. It only hit it once. I don't know, four one times. Of their, one yeah. of their players, the goal scorer hit it they once. Saibari hit it once. And did we hit it again? I can't remember. Did we hit it twice? We hit it again. Yeah, I feel like we did hit it twice. I can't remember. Well, 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 I know Bakioko was close. Oh, um Nelson uh, sorry, Ketia's goal. He had that shot. Katia's goal hit the post. Did it hit the post? It came off the post. Came off the post. Oh, it yeah. did. Yeah, the inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, a game of um, many um, posts having their, their fair share, <laughs> their fair share of action as well. Um, okay, so the final sort of fifteen minutes of the game, I felt like we were waking up a little bit more. We were a little bit more active, um, a little yeah. bit more forward thinking, and that helped because we had Odegaard there. We had Nelson had switched as well. He was playing on the on the left hand side, um, and again just continuing with his explosiveness as well, just doing really well to maintain a high tempo in that attacking portion of the pitch. Um, and then there was a goal which was disallowed. Uh, do you want to get your opinions on it? Odegaard delivers a beautiful free kick into the box. Kivio heads it in, but the referee blows for offside um, and, and VAR doesn't reverse it because Gabriel has interfered with the run of play. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I wasn't, um, I wasn't too bothered. I wasn't too bothered. I mean, it, it was kind of a 50-50. Yeah, I mean, people can argue that he's not in the way to play. He is. Um, I mean, if this was if this was a game that mattered, we would be here going, that's a crazy decision. Ref's got it completely wrong. That's mental. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't a game like that. Um it, I, if anything, I've I, I would have felt bad uh for Piers V, the fact that we would have been given because we we didn't deserve to win that game. Like we we just we didn't deserve to win today. Um I don't think we were we were up to scratch. We we didn't play Arsenal standard, and considering 
Arteta in a press conference was saying, well, as Arsenal, we we should be winning every game and this is this is the standard, this is what it is. Well, sorry, mate, we wasn't at the standard today. Um, and that's partly <laughs> yeah. down to the team you picked. So, um, yeah, it just wasn't up to standard. So I'm honestly... I was I wasn't too bothered. I wasn't too bothered with it. Um, I think it was a kind of a 50-50. Um, and refs, all in all, would look back at it. I need to look back at it. I haven't actually looked back at it properly. Um, just because again, I I just I kind of agreed with it. Like I was kind of like semi, semi just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, I'd have to watch back it, but I think he I think he got it right. What about you? Did you, did you have a, another opinion? No, I think he'd got it spot on. I think you know, when you're so, when you're, when you're in such close proximity with the goal scorer and, you know, you're kind of blocking maybe a PSV defender to be in that position or the goalkeeper to come out and maybe get a stronger hand or whatever the case may be. Ultimately he was, he was in that vicinity where Kivior heads it in. And so he was directly involved in the, in the run of play despite not touching the ball. So I think it was the right decision. Um, Look, in the final few minutes, we are beginning to work the ball really well across the box. And I think it helped having Kivior as well playing in such an advanced position. Um, surprising to see him see him put himself there, get himself so involved so far up the pitch. But it helped because we were able to move the ball across the box like we typically do um, when we have our strongest 11. And then Arteta decides to bring on Jesus and Smith-Rowe. And that, that adds another dimension and another element to the game. First and foremost, really, really good to see Emil Smith-Rowe back on the pitch. Uh, a kind of five, six-minute cameo. What did you make of it? How did you kind of assess his performance? Emil Smith-Rowe. Yeah, Emil Smith-Rowe. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was just happy to see him. Um, I wasn't expecting him to light up the game. I wasn't expecting him to be electric straight off the bat. It's been a long time. Um, for me, it was just purely seeing how he how he wants. It was more for me to see how he, his men, mental side of the game has been affected. Um, but what I liked to see that he was actively looking to get onto the ball, which I liked. Confidence hasn't gone. Which is what you love, and this is this mimics what uh, Arteta said in terms of his rehabbing. Went through it. If this is an emerald that he hasn't seen before, um, it's something that's not seen the way that he handled it. So he handled, he did that really well. Um, he wasn't really, he, he wasn't, um, he wasn't bad. He did, wasn't didn't lie up at everything, but he did his job. He did his job. He was able to to you know do the passes cleanly. Um, it wasn't being too heavy or too light with it because sometimes it just take it takes a while. Like if you if you're not used to it, yes, you can have training sessions, but in a game, it's very very different. There's a lot of pressures involved, um, and he he handled it well. I, yeah, like I said, I wasn't expecting him to come on and score. Um, it would have been nice to see him do it, but for me, it was just purely analysing how he handled the situation. I think he handled it really well. Um, he looked sharp. Uh, he looked like he he was kind of at full fit. Well, not quite at full fitness, but he looked sharp. Basically, he wasn't heavy footed. He wasn't wasn't didn't look like the game was going too fast for him. He looked like he was fitting in quite well, um, and it, it can only get better from there. Really, um, we know what Emil Smith Rowe can do. We know his natural ability, and now if he can add that sort of physical side to him, I think I think we've got we've got a really good player there. And like I know you said in the preview show that maybe he's going to get sold. I still think he's got a, he's very much got a place um, in the team. Um, and because he's so versatile, he's a very versatile player. He can go on the left wing, 
He can go on the right wing. He can go at number 10. He can do a false nine. He can do an, like a number eight. He can do it on the right and left. He can. He's such a versatile player. And I feel like if if we were ever to sell him, I think it would come back and bite us really badly because he is mm. more versatile than, say, a Fabio Vieira. He can do a lot more than what he can. Um, and better, in my opinion. I, I, I just, I'm, I'm just happy. I'm, honestly, I'm just happy to see him back. I'm happy to see him back and I hope he gets some game time. I don't think he's, he's maybe going to get a 90 minutes in for a while, but he will definitely get some starts off the, get some uh, minutes off the bench. And we, we're going to need, we're going to need a whole team, especially with this, this fixture list coming up. Um, the only break we've got is coming up with the winter break uh, and that's in January. And then we've got, like you said, we we were, we just touched over it. The, the straight schedule coming back out of January. You've got FA Cup, you've got Champions League, you've got all, all, all of those bits in the midweek and then you've got the Premier League on the weekends. So we're going to need a whole squad. So it's good to see him back. And then, I know you said um, one of the questions you asked at the start was, um, do we have enough depth? Now, we still had a few injuries today. Um, we did have a few injuries today. Some people were out. And then you still got to remember, we haven't even had Timber back yet. Mm. We still haven't had Timber back. Uh, because if Tim, I, I, I still think if Timber was fit, Zinchenko wouldn't be starting. So Zinni would be our backup. Do you know what I mean? Um so it's it's just very it's just very different it's very different so we I think we I think we're okay we had enough positive res, positive performances in key areas for me to have confidence in the the bench um, yes the whole team as a whole maybe didn't play to the standard we want and expect but the the, the particular players like the Reese Nelsons the Edin Inketias they did their job they did their job and they did it to a um, a sufficient enough standard for me to have confidence in them coming off the pitch. And mm. then now it's the time for the Emil Smith Rose. It's time for the Kiviors. Um, it's time for well, I mean, Jorginho, we know what he can do. I'm, I'm not dominating, really, but it's time for like the Trossards to do it. And we know what Trossard can do, but Trossard's gone off a little bit. It's gone off a little bit. Um, so we need he needs to add a some another sort of dynamis, dynamism to his game um and be able to play well in a bad team. If that's if that's not too harsh to say, but mm. we were off it today. We and Trossard ghosted. I feel like he ghosted the whole game pretty much. I, I, did you notice him? He, he, I know um, he did that. He did the odd the odd good delivery on free kicks. Mm. So so look, he had that final opportunity in the game to win it. It was throwing came on came came, go, came yeah. in go, from go, White yeah. to Jesus, flicks the ball back to Trossard. His uh, shot is saved by the keeper, but you're right. He could square it to Nketiah, who was furious with Trossard for not playing it to him. Those yeah, are the final seconds of the game. He was wide open, yeah. And look, it's unfortunate that we're not seeing the best out of Trossard. But like I said, I think like I give everyone the benefit of the doubt because this, this was a game where 11 players yeah. were playing with each other for the first time, really, this season. And so bearing that in yeah. mind, considering all the facts... I think that was a pretty decent performance. I think we don't, there's nothing to shout and scream about. There's nothing to get wholly upset about either. I think yeah. now is, is an opportunity for us to think about Brighton, think about who we line up against Brighton, and most importantly, get back to winning, back to really do need to end this month on a high. There are some really tricky fixtures coming up. Um, I mentioned um, Brighton, but also Anfield, which is going to be 
probably the game yeah. of the season. Huge. Um, it's going to be yeah. massive and three points are going to be a must. So um, glad to have put yeah. that game behind us. And so we've finally yeah. arrived. It's now time for, actually, what is it time for? I don't know. I don't know which button to press. To draw. Do I press the bad, press, press the good button? Or do we just say, you know what? Let's just call it a day. <laughs> I think I'm going to call Honestly, it a mate, day. It could be either. Yeah. Yeah. It, it could yeah. be anyway. Honestly, that kind of game, I, I don't think it deserves it. It doesn't I don't, deserve yeah, it. I don't think we've warranted a button um, based on that lackluster performance, a draw, a drab affair, but we are, we are, theme. we have topped our group. We did do some, we did um, display some outstanding performances in the group stages. Rather than doing the good, mm-hmm. good, bad, good, 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 bad, or good, bad, ugly, why don't you tell us your Champions League highlights so far in the group stages, the game and the moment. Oh, um, oh, see, I, I want to say the game PSV first game at home, just just the confidence to smack them. Um, mm. But do you know what? I'm actually going to go, and it's going to be wild. But I'm going to go Lons humbling them on the home return because we just went into cocky the away and I'm going to go Tommy Yasu's performance with his two assists that for me I loved it I absolutely loved it and I know people are going to be like Bonte you're crazy there were so many better moments maybe there was but not to me that was the moment I loved it the two assists <laughs> Tommy Yasu rent free in my head I'm, I'm, it's a shame he's injured and he's out for a little bit love him super Tom super super Tom just yeah, that 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 was probably my my best moment for the Champions League. The six one, two, and and considering he came on at half time, and had like well like 40, 45 minutes and got the two assists and was one of the best players on the pitch. That I loved it. Great performance from him. What about you? Absolutely, I'm gonna go for a different moment. My moment comes from the game at Sevilla. I felt like that would have been the most difficult game, and that would have been the biggest test for us in this group stage. And I'm gonna go for Gabriel Jesus's goal, the second one, um, which kind of you know settled the tie. And it was such an incredible goal, epitomized the player and what he can do when he's really up for it. Um, starts with the move on the left-hand side, cuts in and the lethal finish. I mean, the way he lashes at that ball flies into the flies of the goal. And um, yeah, just a really, really good moment for us. I think at that moment in time, we're all thinking, right, we've, we've secured our last 16 plays because the next game was then at home against them and obviously we had to play Lons at home as well so um yeah that was a very very good moment feel good moment and hopefully plenty more so really really looking forward to the round the last 16 but now our tensions do turn to Brighton on the weekend okay good stuff well, again, where well, we must say goodbye. Um, I want to say a massive thank you to everyone who's listened up until this point. Thank you very, very much. If you did enjoy this episode, please do give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Let us know what you thought of the show by reaching out to us on Twitter. You can find us over there at Arsenal Therapy. You can also find Monty over there at ATP Monty. And you can find myself over there at Gunner Since 96. And don't forget to drop 
Adam a follow as well at Adam Keys underscore. As always, we will be always uh, next week to give you your usual weekly dose of Arsenal therapy. But if you can't wait until then, make sure to head over to the Arsenal Therapy YouTube channel for the 15 minute show and the preview show. So until then, take care, have yourselves a lovely week and we'll speak to you soon. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thank you.